Oh, no. 
No, that was that was just dinner. That was just dinner music. That was dinner music. The comes will come later, Amir Tzashem. incredible Hashem to be here. You can tell Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do this avoda. You feel how the weather has changed, just in two hours. Two hours, lavish, beautiful, beautiful. A little hischatshus in the world is coming in. So Baruch Hashem, I say incredible to continue our halakhalima to the piyazat. Now, first, a thank you to Reb Tzvi for once again the beautiful spread. You know, they used to say about Reb Shaila, Reb Shaila of Kirastir, that, that on Matzi Shabbos he would serve Malava Malka, and he would give Bilkalach, he would give rolls. And the Rebbe used to give out the rolls from a bag. No one else but the Rebbe was allowed to put their hand in the bag. And they say one of the miracles of Kirastir is that the Rebbe never ran out of Bilkalach. It was not, people would show up at the last minute. I feel that Reb Tzvi must be originally from Kirastir comes in with a box, comes in with a box, and then this comes out, and then that comes out, and this comes out. I mean, here it's all finished, but I'm saying, you know, not yet, not yet. Amir Sashem, thank you. Such a, such a beautiful avoda. See, who are our sponsors this week? Baruch Meir Dubin. And Shua Pornish, I will say for the bourbon and Scotch sponsor, Yashkach and Shkach Rab Tzvi, Steve, who is our uh, who is our Mashka Gabai. It's not an easy job, not an easy job. I'm calling the Gabai. He has to be a Gabai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's done. That's done. That never lasts. That never lasts. So I'll say, let's continue. So we're continuing tonight, and a welcome to all the new Chavra who are joining us here tonight as we continue in our beautiful journey in the Piagets. Now. We are picking up on page 12. Page 12. So again, I will say, if anyone needs handouts, there are handouts over here. Good. There also, we'll say, if anyone still wants a safer, there's a box behind Adam David. There are still sperm available for purchase as well. Yours, I think we're down to the last couple. So we'll say, so remember again, we're picking up a little bit in the, in the middle of a section. We started this section yesterday. The Piagetzna, the, yes, the last week, I mean. The Piagetzna called this, and we'll say, we dedicate our learning in the Zechusa for Penina Rifka Bas Shendel Martel, we hope that he was having a procedure. Bisha Tova Matzlachas tomorrow, so we hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, everything should be with Mazel. And Amir Sashim Shishab, a complete and enduring Rifua. So we'll say, so we began last week the section titled Seder Em Tsoi Viesod HaChevra. So remember again, the Piagetna has been teaching us over the last couple of weeks this concept of forming a Bene Machshava Torah Chabura, a group of individuals who are singularly dedicated now. We learned last week what the Avoda is. Up until now, we've been learning about who's in the Chevra, who's out of the Chevra, what the criteria are. Last week, the Piagetzna told us that what's the goal? The goal of the Chevra is to create clarity of thought. That's the goal. Because ultimately, the greatest problem that the Jew has is not sin, is that sometimes we just go ahead and see where there's clar- what does clarity of thought mean according to the Piagetzna? Clarity of thought means that I recognize that I am a son of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I recognize that I constantly live in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the, the Balatanya called this God awareness. And when a person lives with constant God awareness, I am Lifnei Hashem. It shapes everything in my life. It shapes how I talk. It shapes how I dress. It shapes how I behave. It shapes how I conduct myself. It shapes how I conduct my personal life, my business life. When I recognize, it says the Piagetzna, the greatest Avera, the greatest mistake that we make is that at the end of the day, like Moshe Avinu said, Vatishkach kel mecholaleka. We forget the Ribbono Shalola. And the Piyazetsa said, that's why I'm calling this Chabura, B'nei Machshava Tova. 
the goal of being part of this Chavura is to cultivate not just positive thoughts. Machshava Tova in this context means a constant and ongoing and uninterrupted awareness of the Ribbono Shalom. So with that, take a look at what you're picking up on Os Gimel, page 12. Os Gimel, page 12. Right to the Piazetzal. Shechlu Shatuach V'chizok HaMachshava Zehu Yisod Chavarasinu Ve'ikar Ha'emtsoi Sha'al Yodu Nuchal Yizkasher Ba'avoda so, we'll say, so this is actually Shikhlo Shatuach means expansive understanding, the Chizukamachshava and the strengthening of thought. This is Zeo Yisod Chavarasenu. This is what our Chabura is all about. And I will say, all the Piagetsna told us was about creating a clarity of mind, God awareness. What that means, what that really means, and how you acquire that, the Piagetsna is going to teach us. But this is the Ikra was trying to, what we're striving to accomplish. Because I will say, when there's clarity of mind, so we'll say, if you think about it, what's, it, what's our greatest struggle? I think about it contemporarily, contemporarily, what's our greatest struggle? I'm sorry? Apathy. Right? It's apathy. In other words, it's interesting, it's not observance, because observance isn't a struggle. People may struggle personally with observance, but as a Jew, I don't have to struggle to observe my religion. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, we live in a country, even though we're in Gullus. We live here where I could be an observant Jew and, 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 and do anything. So struggle is not observance. The struggle is not access. Because it used to be, if you didn't have a yeshiva education, you couldn't learn anything. Now you could have zero education and learn everything. So total access, total access, no barricades or, or obstacles <laughs> to observance. So what's the challenge? The challenge is a sense of apathy. See, I go through the motions. I go through the motions. I do what I'm supposed to do. Check the box. Shabbos, check. Tefillah, check. Tefillin, check. I, I, I check all the boxes. But I feel nothing. I feel nothing. Says the Piazzetta, do you know why I feel nothing? Because I don't have clarity of thought. Because I don't have an awareness about whom I'm doing this avoda for or how it serves as part of a relationship. So for me, it just becomes a series of behaviors that I do day in and day out, but it doesn't move the needle of my inspiration or of my connection. So the Piazetna says, when we reach this level of shichlo shatuach, like shichlo seichel, right, shatach, right, expansive understanding, chizuk machshava, strengthening of machshava tova, the Piazetna says, this is how sha'al yodo nuchal iskasher ba'avoda. This is how we connect to our body. A machshava tov, a clarity of thought, God awareness, it doesn't necessarily cause you to do more. But whatever it is that I'm already doing has greater enhanced and amplified meaning. He goes, I'm sorry? You're on fire. You're on fire. So we'll say, now he goes back to the mashli made before. Remember again, the Piazetzna made this marshal in the beginning of the Sefer. What's the difference between a Ben and an Eved? Right? A Ben and an Eved. Let's say again, the son of the king and the servant of the king. The truth is, they both serve the king. They both serve the king. What's the difference? One's closer. One's closer. Beautiful. Piazetzna explained the Ben serves in close proximity. The Eved serves at a distance. The Piazetzna says, I don't want to be an Eved. I don't want to be an Eved. I'm not content with just serving Hashem from a distance. I want to serve Hashem with proximity, within proximity. And I want to understand, I want to appreciate the other thing that a son has that a servant doesn't have is everyday conversation. The king converses with his son. 
the king doesn't necessarily converse with his servant. So we'll say, now listen to this. Here we go. This is incredible. So now, even though we haven't even fully defined the notion of God awareness, of clarity of thought, we, we know enough. We know enough. Because also, I want to point out, I think I said this last year, the Piagetzna is not inventing this concept. Remember, again, it's the first Ramah in Shulchan Aruch. What's the first Ramah in Shulchan Aruch? Right? The, the Shulchan Aruch says, Yisgaber Ka'ari. When you get up in the morning, you get up in the morning, get up like a lion. Also, you know, we learned something interesting in Smichas Chavar this week. Rav Shlomo Zalman said, if you can't get up like a lion, at least get up like what? A man. Like a man. <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't get up like a lion, at least get up like a man. Don't be a little girl when you get out of bed, right? I don't think that's the way he meant it. But I bet you understand. Right? <laughs> get up like a man. If you get, so I'll say, that's the Mechaber. What does the Ramah say? The first Ramah. First Ramah Shechon Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. I place Hashem before me at all times. That's the first Ramah. That's the first statement in Halacha. So the Ramah comes, I want to point out, this notion and the Balatanya, the Balatanya, in the op- is the opening page of Tanya. Most people get through the first page of Tanya. Then after that, it's downhill. Right? So again, so amazingly enough, so what happens, that, that's the opening phrase of Tanya also. It's the opening part. God awareness. Balatanya says God awareness. God, everything is about God awareness. So the PhD is not making this up. He's taking from earlier sources and saying, we have to be totally, div- see, here's the difference. When the Ramah quotes it, he quotes it as an idea, and then he moves on to Allah. Balatanya quotes it, he moves on. The Piazetsna says, here's the problem. We quote it, and then we move on. You can't move on. That's the Avoda. That's the Avoda. It's Shivisa Hashem Lenegdi Samid. The Avoda is God awareness. It's not, that's a detail, let's move on to the Allah. That is it. That is everything. Because if I have that clarity of thought, if I have that God awareness, everything flows from this. It says the Piazetsna, why do we have such difficulty with it? Well, see, let's just say on a Pashat level, each and every one of us knows that everything we do is in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We know it. Intellectually, I know it. But yet, why is it that I can't live it? Not yet, at least. Right? We're going to Amir Hashem. But why is it that sometimes I know it, but I don't live it? What's the Pashat? What's, what's, what is it that takes you from the awareness? Look what the Rebbe writes. Is there are two reasons. Aleph. And we'll say, get ready for this. He'eder his orus. So we'll say, so that phrase, by the way, he'eder his orus means... There is a lack of excitement, a lack of passion. We don't become passionate about anything. Heider his oros. He says, "Bein hislavu shal simcha, ubein shal shvira saleif." We're not passionate when we're happy. We're not passionate when we're sad. The Piyazetsna says that sometimes this is what they were saying before. Apathy. You see, we think apathy is a new thing. Apathy is not a new thing. Piyazetsna says. Sometimes we're just so apathetic. Like nothing moves us. Happy things don't move us. Sad things don't move us. We're like vanilla. Just vanilla through life. A lack of awakening, a lack of passion. Whether again it's excitement over simcha, or what he calls it, excitement, by brokenheartedness. Because we'll say when a Jew is on fire, when a Jew is passionate about something, Listen to this. When I am passionate about something, what do I have? What do I have? I have clarity of thought. By the way, 
We know this, right? You ever have a moment of incredible, like, spiritual elation? Moment, right? We're coming up on days where Merit Hashem are going to experience moments of incredible spiritual elation. What happens during those moments of inspiration? What happens? What happens? What happens? You feel great, but more than you feel great. What else? You feel aware. And the truth is, in those moments, like, the entire world makes sense. Everything makes sense. I have clarity. I have that clarity. It says the Piyajetzna. Because when you're passionate, passion awakens the machshava. Passion awakens thought, which is interesting, right? Because passion is emotion, thought is cognition, but yet everything is intertwined. So it says the Piagetzna, something like this says, Any time that a pure and holy Jew becomes passionate about something, I feel even just a little bit of a source, a little bit of a passion, a little bit of an awakening. Because we'll see, you see, in an unpassionate or in a dispassionate, in a dispassionate, a sleep state, a sleep state. So I'll say, so what happens? Come in, come in. You're like Hillel by the skylight over there, right? Come on, come, come on in. Come in, there's a chair. I'll talk quick. Come on, come in. And I, and I, Right, so, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> so, so again, the Piyajetna goes on, the Piyajetna says, he says something amazing. He says, in the absence, in the absence of passion, in the absence of passion, do you want something to eat? Yeah, I know. So, 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 in, the, in the absence, so, so, in, the, in the absence of passion, Piyajetna says, in the absence of Islavos, in the absence of passion, what is a person all about? A person is just all about their physicality. See, in the absence of being passionate or excited, Islavos about something, what's my life about? We'll say, what is, what, what, when there's no passion about something, no excitement about something higher, what is life all about? What is life all about? Satisfaction of my physical desires, whatever they may be, whatever those physical desires are. Without any hislavos, without any spiritual awakening, without any spiritual passion, without any sense of being awakened in life, life just becomes a mundane pursuit of the physical. By the way, this is why on Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur we experience these moments of incredible spiritual elation. And in those moments, what happens? This clarity of thought. There's God awareness. I'm not thinking about the physical. And everything in my life makes sense. It doesn't mean everything in my life is as it should be. But I have such a clarity of vision. But I say, listen to these words. What the Piyajdatsna writes. When my heart and my mind, mitumtamim. say, what's mitumtamim? So mitumtamim means, how would you translate that? Like mitumtam means like, like, Messed up, right? Messed up, right? When, when, they're, when they're in disarray, disarray. When my, when my heart and my mind are closed off, the only thing I focus on are my physical needs. I focus on nothing lofty. I focus on nothing pure. I focus on nothing bigger than just the satisfaction of carnal desires. Ubiyoser, Rabbi said, the Piyajetzna brings us in over. We're going to talk about this more. The Piyajetzna says, what's even worse than Tim Tumalev? What's even worse is Atzvos, sadness. Because what happens when a person is in a state of sadness? Everything is shut down. Shein zos shiviras umeriras halev. 
רק מן הדר וטמטום כמו שעיסא בשם הרב, וכמו שמרגיש האיש הישראלי שבליל יום הכיפורים, שליבו נשבר, אדרבה, ליבו ומוחו פוס פסוכים, top of page 13. שבו עושה, of course, the page, that does point out there are different forms of sadness. There's Yom Kippur sadness. What's Yom Kippur sadness? Yom Kippur is an incredible day of Simcha. What's Yom Kippur sadness? We've all experienced it. Yom Kippur sadness is the sadness of the recognition of a year that has not been maximized. And for some of us, it's the recognition of a life that has not been maximized. There's a sadness that comes with that, a profound sadness. But that type of sadness often opens me up to clarity of thought. That type of sadness often allows for Islam. But I will say sadness in general, in other words, sadness that's not rooted in holiness. We'll call it non-Yom Kippur sadness, the sadness of the rest of the year. What happens at that time of sadness? Ultimately, again, that closes off the heart. It closes off the mind. So that's number one. So the first thing the Piyajetzna says is, so remember again, let's trace the progression. The Piyajetzna told us that what's our ultimate goal? Right, our ultimate goal is b'nei machshavatova. Ultimately, is clarity of thought. That's our ultimate goal. Shavis Hashem l'negdi summit. That that's what we are trying to accomplish. Says the Piyajetzna. Why is it so complicated? Why? What is so difficult about it? So issue number one says the Piyajetzna is a lack of passion. Is a lack of passion. There's just not enough passion in life. We're too parav. We're too vanilla. Right. At the, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I think you're creating a wind tunnel over there, Zevi. Right? At, at, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Piagetna says that, that without passion, without a sense of passion, the moach is shut off, the lave is shut off. That's number one. Number two, to say it differently, it's apathy. Apathy. When ultimately, again, there is apathy, then there can't be any clarity of thought. Next, v'od chisaron yeshbo. Furthermore, again, there's another chisaron. There's another chisaron. I will say this is very interesting. Here the Piyajetzna says, there are also people who don't have a strong intellect. And I will say, now they're seeing the, the second reason and the first reason is often the second reason is genetic. Right? He's describing over here someone, not everybody is an intellectual. Right? And not everybody, by the way, has intellectual processing capabilities. And not everybody necessarily has the ability to engage in this process of cognition that the Piyajetzna is describing. So he says, A person just doesn't have a strong intellect. It's his teva, it's his nature. See, I both say, in certain respects, if somebody doesn't have a strong intellect, like anything in life, you could try to explain concepts to them, and they won't get it. It's not because they don't care. It's not because they're not important. See, I both say, you know, there's always like this interesting dialectic we have, where on one hand, Yiddishkeit teaches us to believe that we can do anything, except the things that we can't, right? In other words, that I am born with natural limitations. There are natural limitations that are there. So there, there are just some people, just like, again, we know that there are multiple intelligences, right? People learn in different ways. There are people who are kinesthetic learners, right? They learn through activity. There are people, ultimately, again, who are wonderful with, like, frontal lecturing. There are other people who, again, can't... And again, it's just different forms of intellect. So the Piazza just points out, it's important to recognize there are people who are just not intellectual. 
just, and that's not a chisaron. It's not a chisaron. It's just how they are. So for people, now again, to be clear, people are not intellectual. They're not going to find a way out of this chavura, right? But the biyajetzna is saying, just understand, if I'm not an intellectual person, what we're describing over here seems foreign. Because an intellectual person might be maybe more used to accessing things through their heart, not necessarily through their mind. But if the goal is God-awareness, a simple person could have their own version of God-awareness. Correct. As an or intellectual, and on the big continuum of things, really understanding about Hashem, we're all way at the... There's, gonna, there, there's going to be a sliding scale with this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if may. No, no, so the Piaget, remember, the Piaget is pointing out what are the potential challenges. Challenges. Challenges doesn't mean that it's not possible. Challenges just means they're challenges. So the same way that if I'm an apathetic person, that is a challenge to having clarity of thought. Does that mean I can't get there? Of course not. Another challenge is if a person's not intellectual. Person's not, in other words, when a person's not intellectual, they're not used to accessing things through their machshava. Perhaps they're more used to accessing things through emotion. A challenge, not impossible at all. He's just trying to outline all of the challenges. So the Piagetzna is here something interesting. Such a person, I want to point out the Piagetzna has created an incredible, an incredible, almost like model over here. And his model is that inspiration allows for intellectual clarity, allows for clarity of the mind, which is a very interesting combination that the truth is, I don't think you'll find outside of this safer. Because normally, again, we look at inspiration as a function of emotion, clarity of thought as a function of the intellect. The Piagetzna says they're actually inextricably linked. And where there is inspiration, a person is open and ready and receptive to clarity of thought. So the Piagetzna says, even if a person is not an intellectual, the Pashtos, again, if there's inspiration, if there's inspiration, they'll be able to have those moments of clarity of thought. Now, their moments of clarity of thought may not be as strong or as intense as someone else's moments of clarity of thought. Alright, so skip a little bit. So here's the difference. So here's what the Piyajasin explains. The fundamental difference is whether you are an intellectual or not an intellectual. At the end of the day, you have the ability to access this clarity of thought. There is the ability to go ahead and have this. The person who is intellectual and used to utilizing his mind will have an easier time with this process. The person who is not as intellectual will have a difficult time. We'll say there's another distinction between the intellectual and the non-intellectual. He says, So let me tell this piece outside that we're going to go to Os Dalit. Here's what the Piazzetta says also. See, if I have a koach ha what I can do is, you see, we'll say, what's the goal? Let's, let's take a step back. What's the goal? What's the goal? Clarity, right? clarity. clarity of thought. Right? Passion is the mechanism through which I get there. The goal is to be b'nei machshava tova. I want to have clarity of thought. And what does clarity of thought mean? What does clarity of thought mean? Again, Shvi Sashem Summit. I'm in the presence of Akadish Baruch. That's we'll say that is our singular goal. To build a life where I live with constant God awareness. Now we'll say, now that we said that, 
Is there any person who lives with constant God awareness? Bipashtos, no. So here the Piaget says something amazing. But if you're able to do this process right, even in moments when I'm uninspired and perhaps don't feel in a state of God awareness, clarity of thought, I can still see in my mind's eye what clarity of thought and God awareness looks like. See, I both say, in life, sometimes I'm not where I need to be. But in those moments where I'm not where I need to be, the most important thing is what? To have a vision of where it is I need to be. Right? It's an incredibly so such as you go into Yamim Noraim. I know I'm not where I need to be in life. I know that. It's not even a shaila. It's not like I have to think about it. I know for sure I'm not where I need to be in life. Okay? But now do I have a vision of where I do need to be? Do I have that vision? So if I don't have the vision, I can't get there. So the Piagetna says something absolutely... Some drink? Um, no, actually, it, it didn't work out Okay, well. I'm sorry. So, so the, so the, the Piagetna says something amazing. The Piagetna writes that when a person cultivates their koach hamachshava, what that's able to do is that even in those moments where I don't have God awareness, at least I could see in my mind's eye what God awareness looks like. What God awareness looks like. Now he contrasts that with the person who maybe has a weaker intellect who can't imagine things that he's not experiencing. Can't imagine things. So we'll say an, an interesting distinction. But again, we'll, we'll leave that on the side for now. Point that, that point that we get ultimately again from Os Gimel is that although we know what our job is, what are the two things that ultimately sometimes hold us back from cultivating clarity of thought? Number one, apathy. Number two, sometimes our koach ha-machshava is not strong enough. Now we're going to see how you could strengthen your machshava, intensify your machshava, because the goal is obviously to live life with God awareness, and in those moments where I don't have the awareness, at least have the image of what shivisi Hashem means, to have the image of what God awareness looks like. Os Dalit, I'll say it's too for a few more minutes. Os Dalit. Os Dalit. Aval, so we'll listen to this, and this is beautiful. So here the rabbi writes, Aval. Lama be'emes ein le'ish machshava chazaka. So the Piyazetna says, you know that previous paragraph? That was kind of me giving the excuses that everyone uses. Let me tell you really why people don't have clarity of thought. Hello, machshava einenu seichel. So I said, look at the Piyazetna does. He does like a shtickle 180 over here. You see in Oskimel, he's saying, oh, you ask why people don't have clarity of thought. Okay, apathy, that one makes total sense. And then again, clarity of thought requires strong intellect. Not everyone has strong intellect. Says the Piaget, not okay. Now, now we're amongst the Chabura. We're in the Chabura, so we're all unified in our desire to grow. We all want to become B'nai Machshava Tova. So says the Piaget, now let's be real. Let's be real. Why don't we have Machshava Tova? He says it's not because of intellect or lack thereof. Why? He says, Halo Machshava Eineno Seichel. Now we'll say, listen to what the Piyajetna says. Machshava has nothing to do with Seichel. So we'll say, Seichel is intellect. Seichel is intellect. Machshava literally translates as thought. For our purposes here, it really translates as awareness. Awareness is not part of intellect. It's not based on your intellectual prowess, your ability to make drichshas v'chakiras, right? Different analytical analyses. He says, Adarabah, rak be'emuna pshuta b'Hashem anu darshim ata. 
But say, look what just happened. You see, admit it. When you are reading Oskimel, right? This this sefer made you nervous, right? The Piyazes made you nervous because what does it sound like? What does it sound like? It sounds like we were, it sounded like we were heading towards some type of elitist chabura, right? So the intellectually challenged, right? You scored under a fourteen hundred on your SATs, right? They still have SATs. They still have SATs, right? Yeah, right. So say, so again, right? Scored under a fourteen. Oh, sorry, sorry. You know, you you're not a you're not a meritist or a meritata. That's culture. So this is not for you. Really? First of all, the Piyajetan is a chassid. And I will say, understand, chassidos was created by the Balshan of HaKadosh to combat that very ideology. Before the Balshan very often, Torah and many aspects of Yiddishkeit were reserved for the intellectual elite. If you could learn, if you could process, if you could darshan, you were in. If not, get a job. Now, by the way, getting a job is still a good idea, right? <laughs> but but, but Lamaisa, but, but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, the Vashan of Akkadish said is one second. Who said that Ibn Shalom could only be accessed with intellect? Who says Ibn Shalom could only be accessed with Talmud Torah? Right? The Rebbe taught us that ultimately the emotional could be accessed with a nigun, with song. The emotional could be accessed with a lachaim. Because could be accessed with anything and everything. So the Piyajetna says, in post Gimel, I told you kind of the things that people think. Now I'm going to tell you what the MS is. Why do people have difficulty with machshava? It's not because of intellect. Because machshava, God awareness, Shivis Hashem, the Negdi Summit, has nothing to do with intellect. Nothing to do with intellect. What does that have to do with Rabbi Emuna Pshuta. It is all about simple Emuna in Hashem. Ella, Shalotehe Emuna Sinu Ne'el Mabo, Rak Bechinos, Vehemin Bashem Vayachshavel. Page 14. Here's the Piyajat. Look with this. Do you want to know what the first step in Amun Apshuta is? Sorry, the first step in clarity of thought. What's the first step? Is Amun Apshuta. Amun Apshuta. We speak about, again, the challenges of our, of our contemporary Yiddishkeit. I, I, often, I often think about that. One of the things that we have lost lost, really lost in our communities, much less in the Hasidic communities, but in our communities is emuna pshuta. A simple emuna. A simple emuna. I said, what's a simple emuna? You see, today, right, we, we're like very intellectually sophisticated, or we like to think we're intellectually sophisticated, right? So we're pondering, cogitating, analyzing, we're doing all kinds of different things, right? There, we're, we're, we're questioning God's ways. We'll say, I, I want to tell you something amazing. Like, I, not a day goes by, I'm doing it, not a day goes by that someone doesn't come to me or approach me with some type of theological crisis. Right? Theological crisis. So by the way, the theological crisis goes everything from, I can't believe I didn't get the job that I wanted. Right? How, how could Hashem do this to me? The deal didn't go through. How could Hashem do this to me? My kids, okay, kids, marriage, different things. So I'll say, so I'll tell you like, I have a different orientation with this because as a grandchild of survivors, my grandparents, Zichron and Livracha, lost everything. Never once, never once would my grandfather, Zichron and Livracha, ever, ever ask why. Never would he ever question the ways of the Ribbon Shalom. Now again, obviously those who lived through it and did, of course, we, we don't stand in judgment of anyone. I'm talking about what it means to have emuna pshuta. Emuna pshuta means I'm in. Not, not I'm in if God does what I want. Not I'm in if things go my way. 
Not I'm in if it makes sense to me. Not I'm in if I feel... I'm in. I'm in. I told the story before. I remember when I was young, we used to spend summers, my brother, my cousins, and I, by my grandparents. My parents came to this country. They settled in Vineland, New Jersey. My grandfather was a chicken farmer in Vineland, New Jersey. And so, uh, and we used to go there in the summers. They had like a big farm. And uh, my grandfather used to learn Mishnayis with us in, in the morning. And um, we used to ask him questions on these were little kids. And whenever we'd ask him a question, he always gave the same answer. State in the Torah. That's what it says. That's what, so when I was young, I thought that maybe he just didn't know the answer. Right? So, so it's interesting. My grandfather's family were Munkach Chasidim, but he was considered to be a, a budding Talmud Chacham. His family sent him to learn in Narvaduk. Now, for Hasidim to go to Narvaduk didn't happen. It didn't happen. Especially Hungarian Hasidim. Did, did not happen. Did not happen. He, went, so he, he knew. He knew. He was trying to teach us a very important lesson. You don't have to understand everything in order to believe it. Sometimes in life, the best approach is state in the Torah. That's what it says. That's what it says. Now, I, 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 I regret the fact, it saddens me, that I didn't get to, appre- at the time, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't understand what he was trying to do. Now, you know, retrospectively, like often with our loved ones, we only appreciate them once they're gone. What, 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 what a profound chinuch. What a profound chinuch. And the truth is, you can't teach it. You have to model it. You have to model it. That was his life. And seeing all the terrible things, experiencing all the terrible things, but yet still being committed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There was never a theological crisis. There were. The ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are hidden. The ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are often not understood. That's the way we live. We have to exist with that reality. That's what it means to be a Jew. And we just power through it. That's what we do. That's how we live. That's Am Yisrael. Says the Piyajatzna. You want clarity of thought? The first step? Amun Apshuta. Amun Apshuta. And say, here's the litmus test. How do you feel about a Kaddish Baruch when things don't go your way? How do you feel? Don't answer that. But I'm saying like, think about it. Think about it. Right? It's not just Yitzchak Yitzchak. Things go well. Things don't go well. Things don't go well. Am, am I in? Am I in? Or at the end of the day, am I in when it suits my needs? But when it doesn't suit my needs, I'm not really in. And you can apply it to anything in life. Apply it to the hashkafa. You can apply it to halacha. When it works for me, I'm in. But if it doesn't work for me, it's too difficult, it's too troubling, it's too much, I'm sorry. So says the Piyajetzna, without emunah pshuta, without emunah pshuta, there's no clarity of thought. I will say it makes perfect sense. Because what's the clarity of thought? God awareness. What's God awareness? Feeling the presence of the Ribbono Shal Olam every single step you make in life. Well, it only makes sense that the only way you're going to feel that is if at the end of the day, I believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and I'm all in. The Rebbe goes on. He says, well, so we'll just do another line, and then we'll stop. So I will say, so why is it? So this is incredible. So why is it that sometimes we have difficulty with Amun Apshuta? Right? Why, why is it that we have such incredible difficulty? Why is that? He says, he says something, he says, He says, you know why? And this sounds a little bit strange. 
you have to work on Amuna Pshuta as well. Now, see, now that sounds strange, because if I'm working on Amuna Pshuta, then it's not what? It's not Pashat, right? It's not Pashat, right? <laughs> so I will say, isn't it incredible? But you know what? What it means to be a Jew is you have to work on everything. There's, there's nothing. So sometimes what I don't realize is even Emunah Pshuta. I will say, no, there's a, there's a, there's a great mashal. What, what does it mean to work on Emunah Pshuta? So I will say, I think what it means to work on Emunah Pshuta is like this. Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tursky, Zechisat, tells a story. He tells her that he was once at a psychiatric conference and he was sitting across the table from like a world-renowned psychiatrist. And it's during one of the presentations. And he sees that this psychiatrist is sitting across from him. He's going like this. <laughs> so Tversky writes, he says, like, for a moment, I thought, like, the patients are running the asylum over here. Like, what is this guy doing? So he goes over, he goes over to the psychiatrist. He's afterwards, he says, excuse me, can I just ask you, what's up? Right? You know, what, 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 what is that? So listen to the guy. <laughs> so the guy says to him, he says, you know, sometimes in life, I don't feel like smiling. So I've come to find that if I manipulate the corners of my mouth in an upward motion, after enough time, it sticks. Yeah. After enough time, it sticks. See, I both side, the godless of that is even simple things you have to work on. Even simple things you have to work on. So at the end of the day, says the Piazetzna, it's called the Muna Pshuta, but don't, let, don't think that Pshuta means that it just falls into your lap and just happens. Even a muna pshuta you have to work on. Gam kin tivo. So both said, by the way, well, well, postures, how do you work on a muna pshuta? Think about this. So how do I cultivate a muna pshuta? So I will say, perhaps, the simplest way to cultivate a muna pshuta is to take a little bit of time out of each and every day and say, Ribbono shal olam, I love you. Ribbono shal olam, I care about you. Ribbono shal olam, I'm wholly committed to you no matter what happens in my life. Good times, bad times, ups, downs, I'm in. And just say it. And just reiterate it, and just reinforce it, and just keep doing it the same way of manipulating the mouth in the upward way goes ahead and keeps the smile intact. So sometimes, just going ahead and reiterating the principles and tenets of Amuna Pshuta allows a person to feel it. He says, See, he says, something amazing. He says, because if you don't work on your Amuna Pshuta, so I will say, what happens to your Amuna Pshuta muscle if you don't work it? If you don't work it, what happens? It atrophies. It's no different than any other muscle, right? Any other part of the body. If you don't flex it, if you don't exercise it, if you don't utilize it, it simply atrophies. If I don't use my Amuna Pshuta and I don't cultivate it and work it and bolster it, it atrophies. What gets worse as a What do you mean gets worse? You see, if I'm not exercising my Amuna Pshuta, but at the same time, I both said, there's one thing we never neglect. What's the one thing we never neglect? The goof. Right? The goof's never going to get neglected, right? Uh-huh. I mean, come on, right? We're ne- right? We are not going to neglect. You understand? Know Did you leave anything over for anyone over there? Is there anything? Like that? And so, so ultimately, again, right? We're never going to neglect. So here, watch what happens. Look, look at this dynamic. So here, if I'm neglecting Amuna Pshuta, but at the same time, I'm attentive to the goof. So what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm strengthening the goof. Not strengthening my Muna Pshuta, which is if I'm not strengthening my Muna Pshuta, then what's happening? It's atrophying. So I have these polar opposite forces now developing inside of me. A strengthened guf, an atrophied and weakened Muna Pshuta. And so of course I don't have clarity of thought. 
Of course I can't be a Bnei Machshava Tov. He goes on, We'll stop over here for tonight. We'll stop over here. Well, well, the Piaget's going to give some other examples of this, I will say. But over here, so let's just summarize what we've done this evening. So, right, in last week's share, again, just quickly, the Piaget's introduced us to the concept. Oh, you have a question? Go ahead. Please. So maybe it's You're saying you have a Muna Pshuta, but you're just, you have a Muna Pshuta, you're saying you're just, like, whatever didn't happen, you're not taking a Hashem, you're saying you're out of yourself. You're saying you have a Muna Pshuta, right? It's done more, it's all me. Yeah, so, and there, why did I do more? So you're saying about, about self-blame. It's self-blame. Yeah, so look, that, that's, that's a different, that's a different share, my friend. Right, that is a, that is a, no, no, you're, you're, you're saying good, you're saying good. By the way, self-blame, oh, it's interesting because what we aim for in life is achrayas. Achrayas means responsibility. Responsibility is different than blame. See, responsibility, when I feel responsible, that's a constructive feeling. Blame, blame usually is not a constructive thing. And you're absolutely right. We have to straddle, especially this time of year, straddle this very, this very fine line. I have to take responsibility and ownership for what I've done wrong and what's gone wrong but to assign blame to myself often only demoralizes. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'll say, so if you're bringing this all together, so we have the Piagetzna telling us our goal is Machshavatova. Machshavatova, Shivis Hashem the Negdi Samid, clarity of thought. That's the ultimate goal. How do we, right? Says the Piagetzna, sounds pretty simple. Ramos said it. Pierre Rebbe said it. Baal said it. Why is it so complicated? Reason number one says the Piagetzna, apathy. Apathy, apathy, apathy. Reason number two, Piagetzna says, is because ultimately, again, it requires intellect. Not everyone is an intellectual. The power of intellect is if you could create God awareness, even when you're not in a state of God awareness, you can still visualize what it is. Then the Piagetzna does a 180. It's not intellect. Because machshava is not intellect. Seichel is intellect. Machshava, God awareness, could be, div- could be part of intellect, but could also be divorced of intellect. So at the end of the day, why is clarity of thought so complicated? Says the Piagetzna. Because step one in clarity of thought is emunah pshuta. And what's the problem? We think emunah pshuta is posh, it just comes, but it's not true. Emunah pshuta, simple faith in the Rebbe Shalom has to be cultivated, has to be grown, has to be nurtured. And the problem, says the Piagetzna, is that all too often, our emunah pshuta muscles have not been exercised. And as a result, they atrophy. Not only that, but here I'm strengthening the guf, so the guf is growing stronger, Amuna Pshuta is growing weaker, and that says the Piazetzna at the end of the day is why sometimes it's so hard to have this Machshava Salula, this clarity of thought, this Shivisi Hashem Lenaydi Samarabose, but this is very exciting because now the Piazetzna just stumbled on gold. Every week is gold to Piazetzna. Now I know what I have to do. Amuna Pshuta. That's what I have to do. How we cultivate Amuna Pshuta, and for that matter, what Amuna Pshuta really means. In Mirat Hashem, next week's shir. Shkayach Hamosai. Hazdi Amuda Shurim. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Hear a great story.